Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via mail at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Blessed New Year. And Mary Danielson is with us today. Mary, we missed you yesterday and we kicked off the year. Blessed New Year to you, too. Thank you. You, too. Good morning. Yeah, Not much to talk about. I don't know what we're going to be able to do for an hour <laughs> well, here. Well, it says a packed hour. I think that's an understatement today. Yeah. We jokingly uh, say that because we, we could do three shows to just today, mm-hmm. uh, but we can't. Uh, but so... We have to address some things before we get going. Um, perspective. Remember yesterday, one of my favorite Bible verses, probably in my top 10, Psalm 90, verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. And sure enough, I was having an awful night last night, and then I happened to flip over to um, the football game. And there was this pause. I mean, two of the best teams in the NFL were playing, and the players were gathered around. They're, they're on the field kneeling, and I'm going, what's going on here? Here's what happened. Uh, Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, collapsed on the field after a play, and apparently his heart stopped. They resuscitated him. They took him in an ambulance to a hospital in Cincinnati, and they actually postponed the game. That's never happened, to my knowledge, in NFL history due to a player or an injury. I think it was the good call, the right call, Mm -hmm. because this is more important than football, which is entertainment. It's a game. I want to read to you. Someone sent in a prayer request to us here at Q90 to pray for uh, DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills player who collapsed. And I like one of our... um, Part-time employees here, um, Anne, said, We lift him up and his family. We pray for healing for him and for his teammates, for the coaches. May they consider eternity and have open hearts to the truth of salvation through Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. I also came across many, many, many responses on social media. Um. I have to admit and maybe confess, my first thought was, I wonder if this had anything to do with the vaccine. He's 24 years old. Apparently his heart stopped. He went into cardiac arrest. Um, We don't know. Uh, It wasn't an unusually hard hit in in terms of football and NFL hits and tackling and and things like that and impact. Uh, So we don't know. We don't have all the details. But people are coming out with their thoughts on what happened. Even doctors were saying, Oh, we think it was this. And then there were some saying it, oh, it was the vaccine. And I just want to caution you on both sides of this. First of all, to suggest something. And by the way, the left will frame that as political. Whenever you mention the vaccine, you're being political. So shame on them for cutting off conversation, cutting off debate, or even here's what could have happened. They're not even allowing people to say, here's what may have happened. We don't know. We want more information And friends, we might not ever get all the information. It's up to the family of uh, DeMar Hamlin. It's up to the doctors. It's up to the Buffalo Bills and the NFL. We know a lot of information doesn't come out. We also know, however, that a lot of young athletes around the world have been collapsing. We don't know. But there's a lot more that's ever been in history, in all kinds of different sports, even non-impact sports, even running. So we know something's going on. We don't know what happened last night. But I want to just share Rusty Thomas's uh, comments, and then we'll go on. We've got so much to talk about, and here's what we're going to do today. Uh, Mary and I are going to discuss this eternal perspective that we have to have as Christians when things are going nuts in the days of Noah here. We're going to talk about advancing technologies, including digital IDs, government collusion with big tech, the censorship of Americans, 50 years of failed fear-mongering and climate or global warming predictions, 50 years of these. We have news articles going back 50 years. We're going to talk about that. And conspiracy theories that have now become conspiracy facts. That and more on this podcast. But here's Rusty Thomas 
a guest on Stand Up For The Truth. Here's what he said. Many have been shaken to their core as they witnessed this young player, DeMar Hamlin, collapse on the field this night. No fame, stats, glory, money, playoffs, and football grandeur mattered when he fell. It was just the precious life of this young man that now hangs in the balance. Life or death, heaven or hell, replaced temporary wins and losses. To see both teams on their face before God crying out to him on behalf of DeMar broke my heart, humbled me, and led me to intercede not only for DeMar but for the NFL and our nation. Repentance. May God use this to shake many out of the delusions of the spirit of the age. May he revive this young man's life, the NFL, and our nation. Repentance and brokenness is long overdue. God, use this for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name. I thought that sums it all up, Mayor. Yeah, he did an excellent job. And I think that, you know, there are so many entertainment constructs in this country and people um, love their sports and they love their movies and they love all this. But really, I think people know, because God put it in their hearts, that none of that really matters at the end of the day. I think of Ecclesiastes when you said that. Absolutely. And teach us to number our days. That applies to every single human who ever lived. Mm -hmm. And that is just plain wisdom. Yeah. So, friends, keep him in prayer again. His name is Damar Hamlin. Pray for his healing. He is a praying man. I just saw a couple of videos with him talking about praying with some of the other guys on uh, the team of the Buffalo Bills. So I, I don't know that he's a Christian. He also wears a cross for his eye black under his eye and the cheekbone. He had crosses. I don't know how often he did that. I, I So I don't know for sure, but he seems to be a God-fearing man, and he's he was doing a lot of good work for the community. Are raising, you know, raising money for different uh, children's mm-hmm. ever. So we don't know, but keep this in prayer. So there's our perspective check this morning. So two days in a row now on this podcast, we've had perspective checks the first two of the year. Um, next segment, Mary and I are going to dive into in depth um, an article on digital ID, how that will merge with your identity and reputation into what is called trust scores. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we've got to go back now, Mayor, and talk about, first of all, this headline from the stream, 2022, the year the conspiracy theory became conspiracy fact. (laughs) But let's go back to this article called Wrong Again, 50 Years of Failed Eco-Apocalyptic Predictions, and this is over at Competitive Enterprise Institute. So here's the summary, and I've I will put this, it is extensive, friends. When I mean extensive, it's got headlines from the New York Times, from USA Today, from Washington Post, and from the UK, and from the 1980s and the 1970s. And so there are all kinds of articles. We will not go through them all. But I'll just mention a few. Uh, first of all, the, the summary, modern doomsayers have been predicting climate and environmental disaster Since the 1960s, they continue to do so today. None of their predictions, however, with due dates as of today, have come true, including Al Gore, Bill Gates, um, and and others who have warned, tried to scare people. And you're not going to believe some of the stuff they said. None of these predictions came true. What follows, what we're going to talk about is, is some of, just some of this collection of wild predictions from people in government and people in, quote, science. (laughs) Trust the science, right? Uh, I'm joking. So let's talk about 1967, Mayor. One of the first one was this dire famine predicted by 1975. So go back to 1967. They're predicting a famine within 10 years. It didn't happen, of course. Um, But here in this article, already too late, um, it was forecasted by 75. It's over at the Los Angeles Times. It's already too late. This guy named Paul Elric. Mayor, I'm just going to hand this over to you because you remember this guy's name being mentioned. You remember what this is all about. And then we'll just read this little paragraph from this article. Yeah, Paul, Dr. Paul Ehrlich is, uh, Ehrlich. he was the, he was the, um, pop ecologist of the day. I remember back in the 70s, we had, we were all told we had to save the earth. We had World Wildlife Fund um, uh, folders and, and notebooks and all that stuff. Well, Paul Ehrlich, um, he, he's 
Okay, a little on the the nutty side here. Um, he said that just giving aspirin to cancer victims is what we need to do to help uh, save the environment. Now, that alone doesn't really tell me what I'm looking for. Um, but he wrote a book that I think was on everyone's table at the time. It was called uh, The Population Bomb. I remember seeing it at yes, uh, bookstores, and I remember seeing it. I think my brother had a copy probably. He also wrote a book called Jaws, and he said that humans are evolving with smaller jaws because we no longer eat like Neanderthals, and we don't <laughs> need those lower teeth so much anymore. God. So he was encouraging people to eat more, I don't know, carrots and twigs because – Kids are all going to have, in the next generation, every child will have sleep apnea because their jaws are changing. Okay. That's oh who we're looking goodness. at here. Do you want to read the paragraph there? Sure. Okay. And this is just, there's so much. Um, so he said, the time of famines is upon us and will be at its worst and most disastrous by 1975. Uh, by the way, he's a Stanford University, or was, Stanford University biologist. He said the population of the United States is already too big that birth control may have to be accomplished by making it involuntary and by putting sterilizing agents into staple foods and drinking water, and that the Roman Catholic Church should be pressured into going along with routine measures of population control. Stop right there. Let's go back to the 1920s and Margaret Sanger. This was one of the things she was trying to do, but she was obviously also targeting the black race. She was a eugenicist, a racist, a feminist, a socialist, atheist, but she was one of the, she coined the term birth control. And she also wanted married couples to be required to get a license to have children. In other words, you cannot have them on your own. You have to obtain a license in order to have children. Look it up. That's Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood. Now, that was 1967, this article. And now the next prediction, uh, the Salt Lake Tribune in 1967 or 69 said, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. So they're talking about pollution. And that was in the New York Times, wow. but it originated in the Salt Lake Tribune. So the next one, uh, Mayor, is Palo Alto, California, Robert Reinhold said, listen to this, guys. These are people, now they met, they were very serious about this. Um, the trouble with almost all environmental problems is that by the time we have enough evidence to convince people, you're dead. And he also said, the situation is going to get continually worse unless we change our behavior. So these are biologists, scientists, and government agencies that started going along with this. Science then starts predicting a new ice age by the 21st century. Um, there's ice age by, oh, it was predicted in 1970 that we would have an ice age by 2000. And then with the polar bears on the cover of Time magazine, I remember that, the, the, the deep freeze. Suddenly, in the 1980s, it, I think, is when it changed the global warming, didn't it, Mayor? I think so. I mean, we've had so many buzzwords for all this <laughs> stuff. We've had the, the ozone layer issue, yep. the greenhouse gases. Now it's your carbon footprint. There will be snow. There won't be snow. Um, the, na the continents are going to flood because of the ocean. There won't be an ocean. Yeah, by the way, these, these uh, government, you know, whatever, politicians or just let's just say global power elites, the wealthy uh, they're living on the coasts, uh, on the east and west coast. You don't see them selling their houses, Al Gore, Barack Obama. You go on down the list of all these people that are predicting these global warming or, I'm sorry, climate change catastrophes. They're still living on the coasts in their mansions. You don't see them saying, oh, I better move if these things are going to come true. They don't believe their own Right, right. Rhetoric. And I think that um, we as believers, now we have God's word. And Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, mm. summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Genesis 8.22. Yes. So, Mayor, what I'm hearing you say is God had it right all along. Imagine that. <laughs> and we, man has to catch up again. All right, guys, we don't want to belabor the point. A few more headlines here. Boston Globe, 1970. America subject to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. Friends, I'm, I know I say that in a humorous uh, tone, but these were actual headlines. These headlines scared people. Mm -hmm. 
this is wrong, this is manipulative, that the science does not back this up, and yet we have entire movements, we have policies, and in our country, you know, government agencies are supposedly monitoring all this, and regulations are through the roof. Well, and we're going to have, are we going to have climate lockdowns? Are we going to have 15-minute, 10-minute cities? Seoul's going to be a 10-minute city because there's a competition to see how we can um, control people based on this. So these sound crazy to us, but is a 15-minute city any less crazy? I mean, really, uh, if the Lord tarries, are we going to look back on all that and say, okay. So Brown University in 1972... Okay, first of all, wait a minute. Let's go back to this scientist. I think that was, this was Paul Ehrlich. He predicted the Ice Age. Um, he's the U.S. scientist. He's Ice Age coming. And that was in 1970 or 71. All right, flip the page. Now, you, you can look this up. We'll put this link in the podcast at standupforthetruth.com in today's blog. Brown University then, in 1972, they projected a little bit further. They said new Ice Age by 2070. So they're going, okay, maybe wow. it di- maybe didn't happen when they said it was going to happen at first. Now we're going to move it out a little bit. I mean, if the Earth is even going to be here in its yeah. current form yeah. in 2070. Doubtful. So very doubtful. In the next 50 years, and they're putting this up because of what man is putting into the atmosphere by fossil fuel burning could screen out so much sunlight that the average temperature could drop by 6 degrees. And then it, it just keeps on going. And so, guys, this whole thing is 50 Years of failed predictions and the fear-mongering. 1974, new ice age coming fast. The Guardian, space satellites show new ice age. Um, Time magazine, another ice age, question mark. Um, Great peril to life, gas, pairs away, Earth's ozone. That was in 1974. So, we again, we don't want to continue, but I'm uh, New York Times, Miami News, Associated Press, no end in sight to the third, listen to this, the 30-year cooling trend. That was in 78. Well, in the 80s, all of a sudden, it became a warming trend, and then they just had to scratch everything in the 90s, and Al Gore said, no, let's just, it's just changing. The climate is changing. And what did you say, Genesis, what is it, 822? 822, and, and that actually makes it um, so that we don't even know if there ever was an ice age. I mean, they say that there was, but how would human humans live through that? If there was an ice age following the flood, there would not be seed time and harvest, and all those things that Genesis, that verse promises, would <sighs> never have happened, and there wouldn't be any people. So, right. And no one was there. So let's just, three more headlines, three more headlines. One of them, NASA scientists were toast. That was that was in 2008. He's saying we're seeing a tipping point. The Arctic is is the first tipping point in occurring exactly the way we said it would. And then Al Gore warns of ice-free Arctic. Now, ice-free Arctic by 2013, and that prediction was in 2008. 2013 has come and gone. We're 10 years beyond that prediction. It didn't happen. So Al Gore, no accountability. Just he'll make another prediction. Mm-hmm. So Prince Charles says only eight years to save the planet. That was in 2009. Eight years. Uh, nine and eight. 17. So 2017 came and went. Yeah. Um, nothing. And then just 96 months. And um, UK minister says 50 days to save the planet from catastrophe. That was also in 2009. And we've got to stop. But this is all out there. What now? It's listen. out there all right. We've only got a minute. Mayor, if these were Christians predicting things about the church age or the end of the world or Bible prophecy and we were wrong, well, how do you think the world would react if we made predictions that were provably false and did not happen? Well, yeah, and it does. Dis- it would discredit us utterly and completely. So how would we be able to even share the truth of the scriptures and the prophetic scriptures if 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 the church had gone that route over the last 20 years yeah. or so. I'm, yeah. But they're wrong, and it right. doesn't, it doesn't seem to discredit the communists right. and environmentalists and the activists. It doesn't right. discredit them. It, this is just astounding, friends. I think maybe this falls under the category of delusion um, and really the days we're living in. But anyway, one more minute. We come back. A digital ID will merge your identity and reputation into trust scores. We've got some parallels with Revelation. When we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So yesterday I was boasting on God a little bit and saying how um, we did our fundraiser. We do it twice a year because we are listener-supported, and we met our goal. And then by Christmas we met our goal, which I predicted, but I'm not a prophet. And then by New Year's we blasted past our goal by like, I don't know, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. It is God that's doing this because let me tell you why. We are still friends, pray for us, and the spiritual warfare behind this ministry. We are still having problems with our website, with our server, with connection issues. And I know many of you have emailed or called. I apologize. It's completely out of my control. Uh, to some degree, it's out of our hands. Over the weekend, um, I was even contacted and they said, well, the the team that's supposed to be doing this is on vac. What do they say on vacation? Oh, there, this is a now we have a new issue. It's a plugin issue that's causing the web disconnection issues. And plugin support was contacted. They were off for the holidays. Okay, so it might take a couple more days. All that to say, keep praying. It's just astounding to me um, that the the podcast is seems to be growing in audience and reach. Uh, but it's nothing that we're doing. In fact, we're being limited more than we ever mm-hmm. have, including the mm-hmm. censorship. So those are the web issues. Now, on to this topic. Uh, Mayor, I'm going to just hand it over to you because this was over at Prophecy News Watch, and there's other outlets that reported on this. But walk us through this, please. Okay. Yeah, this is big. Digital ID will merge your identity and reputation into trust scores. Uh, and it says digital identity solutions are being rolled out under the title Trusted Digital Identity, which enables people, businesses, and governments to have confidence in digital interactions. Boy, that sounds simple, right? Nothing yeah. nefarious there. Well, sure. I'm going to tell you something different here. And it's funny because something happened to me over the weekend with my social media account that at the time was pure frustration. But I'm thinking now it's more of an illustration so that I can dive into this article <laughs> and tell you what's really going on. Now, when I got on the Internet back in 1993 already, users were anonymous. Emails were nicknames. No one knew who you were. You didn't give your name in your email. Uh, and whatever happened to not talking to strangers? Wasn't that the best advice yeah, we all right. ever got? Well, I'm going to tell you what happened. I had a strange uh, Facebook experience over the weekend, and it involved being locked out of my account, probably permanently. Now, oddly enough, it doesn't appear at all to be about content censorship, which wouldn't have surprised me because mm-hmm. I'm primarily a Christian. Yep. Um, and yet it seems to be all tech related. I don't know. We'll find out. But I, it was about authenticating who I am, proving who I am, uh, because people hack Facebook all the time. They pretend to be someone else. Right. They, they try to they, scam. Yep. You. They call them bad actors. Um, and it has happened to several people that I know. Uh, and so Facebook now, uh, because of that, has been telling everyone for a while that they will require two factor authentication for everyone. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. And it's not that I wasn't trying in vain to accomplish that over the last several months because they're requiring it. What they don't tell you then is that they reserve the right to shut you down if you don't comply and with no notice. Two-factor authentication just means that you need two forms of ID registered to access any resources and data in your account. Uh, in this case, again, social media giant Facebook, which a lot of us use for ministry purposes because it does reach a lot of people. I know people have a love-hate relationship with Facebook, but that's another podcast. Anyway, <laughs> this authentication could be simply a password and then a passcode, just a four-digit passcode. They text one to you or you can download a code-generating app. It sounds so simple, but only if it works. And for the life of me, I can't figure out why, except that they locked me out completely. Now, two-factor authentication, uh, again, isn't complicated, but when none of it works because you're no longer a person, that's a whole different failure. And that's where I was this weekend. Why am I telling you this? Well, in China, they have something called the social credit score that affects every single person living there. And it's been, they've been um, bringing it in over the last few years. And then this year is the year it's supposed to affect every single human in China. Now think about this. Shanghai's population alone is equal to eight of the largest cities in the U.S. Think about this. You know, we're talking Dallas and Houston and New York and L.A. and Salt Lake City. And eight of our largest cities is Shanghai's population alone. So in China, they have 600 million surveillance cameras set up everywhere. 
to monitor one billion people. So the minute you get up in the morning, you are being monitored. Everything you do then is rated in relation to what the state expects and desires of you, okay? So the who, what, when, where, why, and who you hang out with is all very important to dictatorships. So you are also identified by the five people you hang out with the most. Hmm. So now now we have in this country, according to this article, that's what this is about, we have a concerted effort to merge your ID and your reputation. That's amazing. With something called trust scores. If you have a digital identity, which we all do, we have a mobile phone, then you will have you'll receive a trust a trust score. And the World Economic Forum calls this your life score. It's already here. MasterCard uh, simply says um, it's a collage of up-to-date digital data that defines a system for verifying information to establish your eligibility to access a service or perform a task or receive a benefit. And this all goes on in real time. So there are several companies that exist to provide uh, businesses with the tools to verify consumer identities for every kind of day-to-day transaction and services. One of the companies is called Prove, and eight out of ten of the largest banks in the world use them to prevent fraud. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. The one I see uh, as the most innovative is something called, get this, Earth ID. And it describes itself as a universal ID solution. And the goal, their goal is to have every human have this Earth ID. Behind it, and I'll just explain this briefly because it's, it's techie. I admit that. But it's the latest blockchain technology. It's called Hedera. And this is, this is a major uh, technology. It's owned by a council of multinational corporations. Um, and you want to do some homework on blockchain because it's a digital ledger of every transaction on earth in real time. It never shuts down. It is a worldwide financial ledger and it can store every single digital identity of every person on earth and they can approve or deny uh, any and all access day to day based on your trust score. Can we go back a little bit to uh, the trust score? By the way, um, before it talks what MasterCard was saying, uh, both these things require trust in the system that mediates the interaction. So, okay, we're supposed to trust the system again, right? So a new customer registers for a digital identity, and you got to enter your mobile number, mm-hmm. and then they confirm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this proves that the authentication checks, but the trust score determines the behavioral risk of the mobile number. What does that mean? Well, it, it talks a little bit more about what, what does reputation have to do with whether you can yes. access a service, right? right? So we're getting into Bible prophecy a little bit mm-hmm. here, Mayor. We're setting up for whether people will be allowed to buy or sell. Isn't that this right. an interesting right. transition or parallel here? And it's not just yes or no. You have the money in your account to buy a house or you your credit scores. This is how we all got started with this. This mm. was the, the foundation. This is your credit score. Well, now we're right. going to give you another score. So it's not just yes or no, you can afford this mortgage. It's yes, no, and uh, who are you? Yeah. Do you deserve to right. access or buy? And if you're a believer... Well, and wow. remember during during uh, during the coronavirus, the um, um, where they had they wanted you to rat on your fellow humans. What did they call that's that? Again? Contact tracing. Contact tracing. Or... That's that's all in here too. Oh, wow. So you are you are only as good as the people you hang out with. Mm. So it's not just all about you. <laughs> it's all about. Okay, let, yeah. let's give just one example. They they use the airport example. Mm-hmm. So the level of a trust score based on one to a thousand, right? They'll mm-hmm. give you some sort of score. Allows organizations to make better decisions whether at the airport check-in, security, car rental, or even at a hotel. And it says by 2030, we'll see. For example, 2030 comes up a lot these days, doesn't it? Those it does. Days. It does. Um, we're seven years away now. We'll see. For example, credit scoring expanding into life scoring, identity. And reputation will be digitized and analyzed in minute detail. And so they do say, though, uh, the Earth ID allows you to share specific information securely. And whenever I see that word securely now, I kind of roll my eyes. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's no guarantees. But when you're, let's say you're checking into a hotel, you show them 
a, a card or you give them whatever identification. And they're, they're going to use face ID, facial recognition. Um, that's going to be one of the things they're going to push as the hardest to commit fraud, face identification. That's why they're pushing face ID. Your new iPhone, would you like to t- change your password, mm-hmm. your your login code to face ID? Mm-hmm. So they're trying to push this, and they're using logical reasons. Right. For it, but right, this is right. how they're going to get more people. They want you to. They want you to think that this is to your advantage. You know, say yeah. that you're going to fly, like you were saying, you're going to get a flight, you're going to get a rent a car, you're going to get um, a hotel room. Well, you're going to be able to log in or be logged in for all those things, and you're going to fly through that airport. You're going to fly through that cr- that rental car office <laughs> through security through security because you're already <laughs> a trusted person. So, in the same way that they can give you the ability to do all this or to board early. I mean, all of this is just to get you conditioned. Mm-hmm. And the same way to do all this, they can also shut you down. So the opposite is also true. No yes. rental car, no hotel, no flight. No soup for you. No soup for you. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. So, but this is interesting. They're, they're, they, they throw in things. When they mention behavior and reputation, this, is, this has nothing to do with, what, money or ID, who you are? But it's being, so you get a social citizen score, like in China, based on individual actions, including your patterns of shopping or your choice of friends, mm-hmm. influence the score. That's an eye opener. Well, and it has to be prophetically related. It makes no sense otherwise. Yeah. I mean, why do they care? If you are someone that they like in order to let you buy a loaf of bread, loaf of bread for a day's wages, why do they care what you're like? It can only be described and explained as prophetically important. So, yes, and we've seen this coming, friends, in Revelation. But one more thing, uh, watch list checks. I, I, th- that, those words jumped out at me. Another digital identity provider um, says they can run identity record checks. Watch list Checks. You, oh, I mean, we, I think of the um, leftist, radical Southern Poverty Law Center. They have a watch list. Conservatives and Christians are on that hate list. We're haters. Uh, Family Research Council was even attacked by a gunman mm-hmm. because they were on the Southern Poverty Law Center, quote, watch list. So they, the watch list checks, that's an interesting insertion here to this digital ID. An automated monitoring using trusted sources of data. So watch list checks. Another couple couple words that jumped out at me, constantly drawing from multiple sanctions. Politically exposed persons. They even have an acronym for that, PEPs. PEPs, politically exposed persons. What the heck is that? Meaning you're exposed to certain policies or candidates or a party? Politically PEPs. Well, think of the groundwork here when you talk about uh, political correct language and already yes. putting people into boxes long time ago. Dividing. Dividing people, putting them into boxes, censorship, all this. Look where it's going. I, th- I mean, there's an end game, folks, and I think we're looking at it. We don't know the day or the hour, but we're certainly the technology has caught up with Revelation. So exactly. So we've got a couple minutes left here, but trust scores will be checked and recorded using AI. Machine learning, they'll be permanently recorded. But Bill Gates comes up. Uh, Remember in 2018, the trust stamp program, it launched uh, in 2018 as part of the Gavi MasterCard initiative, Mm -hmm. Um, the Wellness Pass uh, trust stamps, advanced digital ID technology was integrated, and this was funded by Bill Gates. Implemented by MasterCard and Gavi, G-A-V-I, to link your biometric digital identity to your vaccination records. So, um, again, they want to get to the point where you just, everything's going to be digital. Your face ID, this, your face showing up mm-hmm. on these re- screens, readers, mm-hmm. Your face would act as your documents, like ID proof, vaccine proof, proof of vaccine. Mm-hmm. And your face would be your boarding pass if you were going to go on a plane or your bus or if you're going to rent a car, whatever. Your face would be that. Is, well, isn't this interesting? It's very interesting. And we can't forget, too, the, the, the Mark sort of technology. There's a company out there called SoMark, and it has to do with RFID dust in a tattoo. And it can be an, an invisible oh. tattoo. So say you're really important or you're a, 
Hollywood person and you don't want that tattoo on your forehead, this dust can be invisible uh, and it can contain information about you. And the company, again, is called Somark. They used to do um, cattle. Uh, they used to tattoo cattle and keep track of them on farms mm-hmm. and such. But the goal is to be able to have RFID dust uh, in this ink and then it would be on your hand or your forehead. So there's so many levels here that we can <sighs> explore. It's crazy. It's interesting. Before this story, we haven't talked about Gavi in a while. It's, mm-hmm. it's a vaccine alliance. And it was, uh, I think it came out in, two, in the year 2000. But 2022 was definitely a wake-up call uh, for global health. And th- this is supposed to be an international organization to improve access to um, vaccines for children, and particularly in the poorest countries. So they got this, I think I read, yeah, or created in 2000. So Gavi comes up again because Bill Gates is funding this monster. And so trust ratings, keep your ears open for these words, Mm -hmm. digital ID, trust rating, credit, social credit system, uh, face identification. Uh, I don't know about you, but whenever I see that prompt come up on my iPhone, would you like to um, work? I don't know how, how to ask you, do you want to... Implement facial, yeah, ident- facial. Yeah. I said, no, 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 yeah. thank you, because that can go. Then it's on your phone. It can read your face. It can go anywhere. Well, and, they, and Facebook believes that I refuse to identify myself, and so if I refuse to identify myself, they're just going to lock me out. They're going to steal my data, steal my photos, which they can't do. I mean, there's a legal issue there. Yeah. Oh boy! Wow. So, guys, um, heavy article again. Uh, two heavy topics. <laughs> Uh, when we come back from our break, we've got to talk a little bit about the update on how government colluded with big tech to censor American citizens. That's coming up. And if we have time, Amir Sarfati has a great article over at Harbinger's Daily on just how things are going to continue to really deteriorate. More good news coming up on Stand Up for the Truth with Mary Danielson. Um, keep it right here, friends. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So uh, J.B. Hickson and I were talking yesterday about uh, the censorship issue. We did not get into detail, but I did quote this headline um, over at the Daily Signal. Rachel Levine targets transgender heresy for big tech suppression. So Rachel is a man who identifies as a woman. He urged doctors at state medical boards to pressure big tech to stifle what he considers, what Rachel considers, quote, medical misinformation. Now, isn't that interesting that uh, there, who, who determines misinformation? We know what information is, Mayor, mm-hmm. but now we've got to have a government agency or politicians or, I don't know, these global elites to determine what is what is misinformation. So that brings us to an update on this topic, how we what we've learned. Corrupt corrupt actors in the government, in universities, and at the EIC worked with big tech to censor Americans. That's now fact, not conspiracy theory. That's conspiracy fact. So what is the EIC? The EIC is the EIP Election Integrity Partnership. Um, So some of these organizations were working with big tech. Uh, The AARP was involved, the NAACP. Um, What else? Okay, now the platforms, of course, we know the usual suspects. Facebook, Twitter, Google, uh, TikTok, Reddit, Pinterest, and next door, and one other I'm not familiar with. So, again, major stakeholder groups collaborated with the EIP. Now, this has to do with the 2016 and 2020 elections. EIP is Election Integrity Partnership. The Department of Homeland Security outsourced censorship. It was comprised, the EIP comprised of four organizations, Stanford Internet Observatory, 
the University of Washington's Center for an Informed Public, Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, and Graphica. Next, this Orwellian Speech Control Network. Now, these are facts coming out in a series of tweets. That we don't have time to, to get into the detail on all these, but this Orwellian Speech Control Network also flagged popular right YouTube channels, including Stephen Crowder, The Blaze, Judicial Watch, The GOP. Many of us were flagged, even for being Christian or conservative, or talking about, quote, politics when you mentioned you were pro-life and against abortion. That's political. So anyway, the DHS quietly designated domestic disinformation as cyber attacks on, quote, critical cognitive infrastructure and began targeting good Americans who love this country. Now let's go to the founder of EIP, the EIP again, Election Integrity Partnership. His name is Alex Stamos. He's a radical. He compared Americans in the GOP, conservatives or Republicans, he compared them to ISIS. He compared over half of Republicans in Congress to ISIS. Mm. And he called on Verizon, AT&T, and Comcast (laughs) to block certain conservative news outlets like OANN, One American News, and Newsmax. Uh, So this is, friends, unfortunately, this is America, but this is happening. Let's not be in denial. Mm. But let's also be informed. You don't have to know it all. But when people say that's a conspiracy theory, that's a get-out-of-jail-free card for anyone on the left or any radical that wants to accuse you of not knowing the truth or what's going on. They don't care if you have the information or the facts to back it up. That one accusation puts you in the tinfoil hat category. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to censor you, even when you have the facts. So, again, we'll put this article in today's blog at StandUpForTheTruth.com. It's over at the Gateway Pundit. And uh, it was actually published on New Year's Eve. Corrupt actors in government, universities, and the EIC worked with big tech to censor Americans. There is proof. Again, no longer theory. Now we know these are facts. So, Mayor, we do have time. Go, go ahead and comment on that. We'll go into Amir Safadi's article. Uh, yeah, this is, these are the same people who say that there is no laptop for Hunter Biden. And, you know, exactly. This information is, is obviously so incredibly subjective and, and how anybody can say we are the masters of misinformation. We know exactly what we it is. We determine. We'll determine it and we'll help you define it. Run the other way. Actually, I think we wanted to talk about Israel and Netanyahu. Yeah, so so let's go, let's go there. Okay. Uh, Bibi, you know, just got in. Uh, we need to watch the Israel comeback. always because yes, it is, uh, it's God's time clock when it comes to prophecy. So we always want to keep, uh, what's going on in Israel, uh, at the forefront uh, to some degree. Um, the, the previous administration, the Bennett Lapid gang, they basically, Biden says, you know, just, uh, surrender your foreign policy to us. We'll, we'll show you the way. We'll tell you what to do. <laughs> And they they basically did, um, as we know that the West is no longer um, pro-Israel, and it shows in so many ways. But now this morning, understatement. This is a highlight this morning, or a headline this morning. Ukraine's President Zelensky asked Prime Minister Netanyahu for weapons in exchange for support against a UN resolution sending Israel to the World Court. Bibi refused, as so he should. This is what I would expect from Netanyahu. Uh, talk of you know. Uh, Zelensky asking, uh, you know, to grease his palm is just insane, uh, because the UN has always wanted to haul Israel before the world court to say, oh, look what they're doing to the, you know, uh, they're occupying a land that, oh, gee, I thought was theirs. So, um, this is, there's no end to UN resolutions against Israel, and That's Zelensky's right. using this as though it's something new to ask uh, Bibi for weapons. So look for more uh, strong leadership from Mr. Netanyahu. Oh, boy. Zelensky. (laughs) And pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I I hope more people wake up to the truth of who this guy is, Ukraine's Zelensky, and the globalist government there. And and I do want to also say, I always have to say this, just to balance this perspective, because there are some churches, there are Christians, there are believers, there are innocent people in Ukraine that have been affected uh, by Russia and the war and everything else. So we need to pray for them. But at the same time, be discerning and don't be, don't be waving the Ukraine flag um, because that you're endorsing the globalist radical government that wants to pattern itself apparently uh, by um, Canada 
and Trudeau's Canada mm-hmm. and, and that kind of – anyway, um, we can move on now, but um, Amir Sarfati wrote some interesting things. We've got about five, six minutes left or so. Um, and this is a long article over at Harbinger's Daily. For all the difficulties, he says, that the globe has seen in this last year, I believe the 2023 will be much worse. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, many have been deceived by bad theology. Now let's talk about the church. I think we've left the church out of this conversation. Now let's bring the church in here, Mayor. Many have been deceived by bad theology and are waiting mm-hmm. for a golden age of righteousness to be ushered in by mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear progressive Christianity. We hear replacement theology. Yep. We're hearing bad theology. We're hearing you live your best life now. Yep. And don't pay attention to what's going on around the globe right. and, and Bible prophecy. Dominion theology. Yes, yeah, live right. your best life. Now let's talk about that for a minute, the church. Yes, um, it, you know, they don't, they're not teaching prophecy anymore. I mean, I look at this article about the digital ID, and it, it's 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 a stare down with Revelation 13. How do people not get that? Well, they don't get it because they don't read it, and yep. they don't study it, yep. and it's not exposited to them. So, And that's a reflection on church leadership it, and, it is. and pastors. It is, and that's why they're waiting for this golden age. Dominion Theology says that we have to make the world much better. Now we get the whole social justice movement, which we have talked about many times here mm-hmm. on the show, pervading the church. Shame on them for having the wrong perspective. Of, um, and instead of the blessed hope, they're looking to make the world just right so Jesus can come back. I don't know about you, David, but that's not in my Bible. So I want to mention one thing from this article under the category. Now, uh, Amir Sarfati lists all these different categories. Um, Israeli government sworn in. And he said the 37th government of Israel will be the most conservative that the nation has ever had. The small but loud media-backed LGBTQ movement is prepared to protest all across the country. Netanyahu will have much work ahead righting many of the wrongs left by the previous administration. That's interesting. Um, Netanyahu has already said our main goal will be to thwart Iran's nuclear arsenal. So, Mayor, let's talk about Iran. Jumping ahead to another category here. Um... Where is it? I knew I saw Iran. There we go. Iran threatens to knock Ukraine back to pre-industrial times. Now, again, these are under categories in this article. Mm -hmm. Um, Iran's strategy of nuclear weapons and cyber terrorism. So he goes into detail on some of these. Is there anything you want to bring out, or do you see a different headline you'd like to talk about? Well, I know that Iran denies... um that they've supplied anything to Russia, and Russia is using it in Ukraine. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But I love how this article opens. He says, In the past week, former Russian President and Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev released a list of his predictions for 2023. All right. In this wild catalog of speculation, he included <laughs> events like the collapse of the EU, the creation of a Fourth Reich, war in Western Europe, civil war in the U.S., and Texas seceding and forming a state with Mexico. Oh, my goodness. He says, well, this may be Medvedev's grown-up Christmas list. <laughs> I'm not quite as pessimistic as he is. However, neither am I optimistic about what is coming in the next year. And I think that's a really good way to, to say that as, as believers, um, the world's going to continue to speculate about mm-hmm. what's around the bend. But we, we know we have a good idea of what's around the bend. We're to discern the skies, discern the weather. Jesus says you will, you should know the times and the seasons. And yeah. we, we certainly need to be alert to the times and seasons. But, uh, I wouldn't give Mr. Medvedev, um, you know, any, any credence for any of this, but, uh, it's, it's a combination of the, the incredible hope that we have as believers and the utter pessimism that the world cannot govern itself for five no. minutes. What, what's interesting, I'm glad you brought that up. Just, I mean, speculation can be fun, uh, but we're not making predictions here. But the, it's interesting, the, the collapse of the EU, the European yeah, Union. that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, well, let's talk about the United Nations and how often it's, I mean, I, how long has it gone back to all their attacks on Israel? There was like a record number at some point. Mm-hmm. They have attacked Israel more than any other nation. Yeah. Resolutions against, Resolutions against, against yeah. Israel. Yeah. Should Christians in America support the United Nations? Well, yeah, no. And they're I've just, never asked you about this. Right. Uh, the League of Nations came along after World War II. They were the forerunner of the UN to basically uh, bring the world together so we never have another world war. And so, you know, pie talk, in the sky. Right. So you can, you can go back and say, well, then why did we have a world war? Is it so that you could propose this agenda? I mean, you know, so one hand washes the next hand, right? Yeah. Uh, what exactly went on there? But, um, the UN is just the, 
the modern uh, outgrowth of the League of Nations and its globalists and and uh, agendas and um, environmentalist tax layers of taxation, NGOs. It's just a bloated, and the U.S. should not support it in any way, let alone the believer. Okay, there's one more thing. We've just got two minutes left. Um, Amir Sarfati ends the article by uh, asking a question, will Brazil turn into another Venezuela? And then he says, United States and other nations mandate COVID tests from China. So now we uh, apparently there's this surge of COVID or a new strain or new something in China again. Mm -hmm. And the U.S. has joined India, Italy, Japan, and Taiwan in requiring a negative COVID test, apparently, to enter the country, enter these countries. That's interesting, but I want to go back and end this podcast with a tweet from Colorado Representative Lauren Boebert. Yesterday, she said, it's the year 2023. 15 days to slow the spread began 1,024 days ago. Why are we still doing this? So what she was referring to was Kamala Harris was requiring COVID tests for anyone over two years old that was going to be present at the Tuesday um, swearing-in, the congressional swearing-in today in D.C., in Congress. So Kamala Harris saying COVID tests, and Boebert says, all right, 15 days to slow the spread wow. began 1,024 days ago. Why are we still doing this? So friends... Be respectful in your disagreement with people, even if it comes off as insanity, doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. Mm-hmm. Mayor, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of that this year, yeah. in 2023. Yeah. We've already got delusion every on steroids. Yes, there's and nothing normal. Isaiah 520, we talked about that with JB yesterday. Isaiah 520, good is called evil, evil is called good. We're seeing that more and more. Okay, we're going to wrap this up uh, for today. Um, tomorrow, a brand new podcast. Typically on Wednesdays, we re-air one of the better podcasts, in our opinion, one of the most popular in, from the last three to six months. We re-air a, a replay on Wednesday that's already been. But a lot of people comment on those like they've never heard them before because they haven't. So those are really popular. But tomorrow is a new podcast with John Haller. Yes, I know he was just on last week, but we could do we could do one a week with Haller and still not cover enough. Um Thursday, Usama Dakduk will talk about Islam, we'll talk about the gospel, we'll talk about some updates uh with him and Lord willing um Chris Quintana on Friday, but that may that's it could be changed on Friday. We'll see what happens. But tomorrow John Haller, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Keep sharing the podcast, but most importantly, keep praying for God's protection and against the spiritual warfare. And in your own life as well, if you're sharing the truth, you will be attacked as well. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.